0: Hello and welcome to the Self Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to the Self Sufficient Hub podcast. Today I have with me aquaponics expert joe leverage hi joe how are you Uh, i'm doing pretty good today fantastic fantastic so um i always ask my guests at the start to just open up by telling us a little bit about yourself how you came to be doing what you're doing and how you came to be in a position to be talking to me today as someone who knows all about aquaponics
1: well we started Oh, shoot. I've been raising fish since I was a little kid and we've run aquaponic systems for, you know, many, many years and maybe six years ago, we decided to kind of make it bigger, replacing most of our food with what we could grow. And it just was so easy to grow, you know, keep growing more food that it just grew into a
0: business. Right. So, but you started as as just by raising fish, and you sort of got into it that way.
1: I had a seventy-five gallon fish tank as my headboard when I was a five-year-old. So. <laughs> That's and
0: fantastic. Grow,
1: and I'd grow ivies out of it because you know it reduced the water changes, and you learn that pretty quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, anyone who keeps fish will know that if you've got some live plants in there, then they're gonna they're gonna help with the uh, the filtering, aren't they? Absolutely. So you said we, a few times, you know, we uh, we started and we grow fish. Who, who's we in that situation? Well, is it your... my,
1: my family, absolutely. You have my wife, Leah, and then Joe and Rose and, and Reagan. And I pretty much run the operation here. And aquaponics is one small part of this. You know, I mean, we have, you know, giant shrimp tanks in the back that are quarter million gallons. We have an indoor aquaculture where we breed our own you know about six types of tilapia and different types of fish uh we teach classes you know when i say i teach classes i show we do classes for our veterans you know no charge to them and we bring them in and if they want to most of it's just an introduction you know every once in a while we get a few that will you know we'll help them set up their whole you know systems
0: for themselves fantastic Well, we'll we'll certainly dive into um, a bit of depth on a lot of these topics, but let's just start with the, the really simple one. You know, what is aquaponics?
1: It is a way to convert, you know, your byproducts of your fish into nutrients for your plants. You know, you're using several types of bacteria and funguses to accomplish this. And by doing this, instead of having to do these massive water changes, it is a closed system. And it just uses so much less water and energy. You know, well, not less energy than if you were out in the crops, but you know, less energy as far as running the systems.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, just to pick you up quickly there, you, you say energy. Where is that energy going? Is it all just to power pumps?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. You have air pumps and water pumps, and that's pretty much about, well, I and mean, then you have fans, and that's pretty much the basics for the greenhouses. You know, in the aquaponics, yep. we do have to run geothermal chilling. And then we do have backup chillers, same with uh, heating. You know, we have electric gas and wood fire heating just, you know, we just came through a zero degrees and, you know, our greenhouses didn't hit below 65 yeah
0: and that obviously that that that's dependent on where you are in the in the world obviously and also what sort of fish you're going to use absolutely
1: because during the winter time we have to switch to like the hybrid striped bass and during the summers and when it's warmer we can grow you know your tilapia and your other more warm water you know fish
0: yeah yeah and and so would you say that looking at yields and what it is what it is you're trying to do with not you necessarily but anyone who approaches the idea of creating and using an aquaponics system would you say the primary yield is always fish or is it uh you know the primary you you can set that up either way here's an
1: example in my lettuce greenhouse we grow very few fish and they cover the whole greenhouse you know we put you know we can calculate exactly what we need to feed in to feed that amount of plants Mm -hmm. but in our aquaculture building you know, we remove all the solid waste. We mineralize it, and we can run you know twenty greenhouses off of it if we had that. Yeah, but you don't have to have the fish and the plants
0: in the same system. You just need the nutrients to feed the plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need some way of, of moving the moving the nutrients from one medium Absolutely. to another. Yeah. So let, let's. Can you talk us through a system if someone was looking to start out just a simple or as simple as as a basic starter system can be, where would someone start? What would that system look like when it's up and running?
1: Well, it depends on what their goal is. You know, if you just wanted a basic system, it would be a fish tank with some ivies growing under a light, you know, with a couple little ornamental fish, or you could even grow one fish, you know, that you were going to grow up to size. But it's a basic system that would feed you. You know, you're looking at, you know, about a square meter of grow area with a fish tank you know the bigger it is the easier it is because the ph swings and the nutrients built you know you build the nutrients up And if you have a small tank it's you can overdo it really easy
0: yeah that makes that makes massive intuitive sense to me I, I'll starting just...
1: small but you know have a goal where you want you know if you want to grow 10 lettuces a month you know that's an easy goal to meet and you just kind of got to figure out the space you know i, I can grow two heads of lettuce in a square foot you know the yeah. two rotation if you're going to do this continuously so you need you know five or six square foot of area and you could grow that many lettuces
0: yeah 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 and, and i think just to sort of expand on what you said about the the size and how a bigger size can actually make the system easier to manage i, th- I think one way of looking at that and kind of um You know, getting that across quite simply is to think if you, you know, if you had a a small, if you had a cup full of water and then you had a bath full of water and you tipped, you know, one droplet of red dye in each, it's going to make a massively bigger difference in that cup than it would in the bath, isn't it? And that's the same with all the, you know, all the excess of whatever it might be that come along and you're going to have to deal with it much quicker in a smaller system. Does that summarize it?
1: Absolutely. You know, my lettuce greenhouse is 12,000 gallons and then the tomato house is 300 gallons. Well, the tomatoes can use 200 gallons of water in one day, you know, so I'm always having to manage it and keeping it going versus the lettuce house. You could pretty well let it run itself for a week or two. And it's just the amount of water difference.
0: Yeah. So if someone's goal then was to, you know, they, they wanted a system that provided them with some food that was the purpose of it what you know what what would the simplest kind of system look like in terms of look, someone just getting set up
1: i would look up a chop and flip and it's where you're taking one of these water totes and you can cut the top off flip it over for your grow bed and the bottom of it becomes your fish tank you know it's a very simple system to plumb because you just have one pump that's pumping up and you'd have gravel in your top tank for your you know the gravel Holds your plants. It's also your biomedia. This is where all the bacteria lives. It converts the ammonia over. So it's, and it also will help filter. Now, if you run a lot of fish without a filter, you will clean those beds a little bit more. But they're a very efficient way to grow. You can grow quite a bit of food because not only do you have that surface area, you know the square meter. You can put a you know an indeterminate tomato in the corner and it'll vine out and take off another whole direction. Yeah. You so know, that. Same size.
0: So that system you just described, it's basically a, a big plastic barrel cut in half and then just you, one on top of the other.
1: Absolutely. You could take a actual regular water barrel and cut it the same way and do it. It would just be smaller. You yeah, know, we, yeah. we can get these three hundred and thirty gallon water totes around here for twenty dollars and you just cut the top off, fill them full of gravel and add a water pump, and you can then grow quite a bit of food with that.
0: And that's the the, toth- the the entirety of the growing medium. There's no soil, there's no substrate beyond gravel that's having water run through it, is that right?
1: That's correct. You just wanna make sure your gravel is inert, meaning like limestone will mess with your pH, so. Yeah. And make sure it's a clean gravel or lava rock or something that's just not gonna react.
0: Yeah, yeah, something that's not gonna affect those levels and so how do you then go about so i've got my i've got my barrel i've cut it in half i've got um i've got it i've probably built a little frame so i've got one above the other i've bought myself a pump how do i know what sort of pump i'd need you know how much capacity how do i look at my (laughs) size of barrel and, and work out what pump i need
1: um my recommendation would be look at your fish tank if it's 100 gallons you would want to rotate that minimum once an hour so, you would want to use a hundred gallon an hour. Okay. And that, you know, the bigger the tank, the more you need, you know, and you might have to get two grow beds to take that amount of water if you had a huge fish tank, you know. So, yeah, yeah. You know, if I know the, there's lots of good information online. I think the, I recommend everybody, it's fao.org and they have an aquaponics. DIY that you can build everything. It goes through the nitrogen cycles because there is a really steep learning curve on the beginning of
0: aquaponics. Yeah, and, I can imagine.
1: Well, and there's simple ways to bypass things. You know, you can use straight ammonia in your system when you start it and you'll, you're will you not going to kill your fish. You yeah. Know, if you put too many fish at the beginning, the ammonia is going to build up and you're going to lose a few of them. And So if you start out small and build it up slowly, you're not going to have as many losses. But there you're not going to do aquaponics long for without having
0: a loss or an issue one day yeah 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 well i remember i mean i've i've never actually attempted aquaponics It's on my i've got a big long to-do list of stuff to try and it's it's definitely on there um but i have kept fish i've kept uh tropical fish and and it's the same
1: absolutely it's the fish you're worried about more you know because if electricity goes off and it's cold and you have warm water, you're in trouble you know you can plan most of this stuff ahead of time but if you're really cutting costs you know you need a battery and a solar backup you know just for an air pump so if something happens that your fish don't you know die the plants can go a long time if you build the right you know uh, you know they the roots don't dry
0: up. yeah 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 so okay we've got as far as i've got my two barrels i've got my water and i've got the pump and we're gonna introduce some fish now i again from my tropical fish days i kind of know what, what we're doing we're basically we're, we're we're just using that second barrel the same way we'd use a commercial filter that we would put in our fish tank are not we to kind of filter the water so i know from my experience that you know we start with a tiny number of fish because the work that that filter will do is going to gradually build up over time as the bacteria build up in there is that right
1: absolutely the simonis bacteria nitro simonis will build up very quickly and then the baxter will then the nitrites it'll take them a lot longer so it could take five or six weeks to cycle a system yeah and then gradually you can introduce more fish and you can actually absolutely you know if you started with one fish or two and you were feeding them up you know you can do that very easily if you want to put all your fish at one time you can use ammonia and that's a fishless cycle You know, it's the same thing the fish is putting off to create nitrates through the bacteria. Yeah. So then at that way, you're never going to hurt your fish. Well, you're not going to hurt them by putting them in that
0: system. So it's really easy for you guys to get in touch. Whatever it is you want to say, whether it's an idea for a future episode or perhaps you've got some feedback on something you've heard me say, I really do love hearing from you. There's lots of ways that you can do it. Now, you can follow the links in the show notes. You can use your phone just by pressing the button in the link and record a voice message that can be played on the show. Alternatively, you can send us an email where we are self-sufficient contact at gmail.com or you can find us via Facebook. But however you choose to do it, I really do love hearing from you guys. Perhaps you'd like to record a voice memo using the regular recording app on your phone and send that via an email. That's another way that I can play it on the show. But please do get in touch. So I'm thinking a little bit now about the logistics. So I've got my uh, of the planting side of it. So I've got my I've got my barrel full of gravel, which is having water pumped into it from my fish tank, which is below, which has got at the moment just a couple of fish in, because I'm starting slowly. And uh, you know, I'm not going to be just uh, sprinkling lettuce seeds into that water, am I? So what's the process there?
1: Well, at, you, it depends on the gravel you get. You know, if you have like the hydrogen at the top. You know, it's a, it's a little smaller round, kind of a expanded heated clay pellet. You is it a can, bit like perlite? It, no, it's more, it's called, I mean, the one of the brands is Hydroton, Hydroton you know, and they're little clay, pellet, you know, balls. Okay. And you can absolutely seed into it, you know, and okay. it, it grows much faster. You'll normally put extra seeds in and then pull a few of them out. But if not, you can go by any transplant, you know, in soil, wash the roots off, put it in and it might take it a few extra days, but it will come right back.
0: Wow. I had no idea you could plant seed straight into the system. That's uh, a lot of
1: well, like our tomatoes. We clone most of our tomatoes. You just take a cutting, put it down in the gravel, give it a week. And all of a sudden it's full of roots and ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: whereabouts are you again, Joe, in the world?
1: i am right i'm right north of houston in iola texas
0: okay so you get quite a warm environment usually
1: we've had three or four years in a row without freezing and then this year we had zero which is pretty much usual. The, coldest, the coldest we've ever well since 87 <laughs> yeah
0: yeah well we get uh we get below zero every year here and uh as does a lot of the world. So that's going to have a huge impact on what sort of fish you're going to choose. Do you know much about uh, sort of cooler climate fish or are you, you know, is your based? Uh, we
1: raise trout in our house because, you know, the tank doesn't get below 65, 70 degrees, you know, so we can raise some cool water fish, but you have to then run chillers. You have to, you don't want to fight nature if you're trying to save money, but if you're, yeah. if you want rainbow trout, you can grow them in any temperature if you have enough chilling, you know, enough air, you know, water chilling capability. Yeah. I know but, trout
0: live quite happily here in the wild where I live. So uh, here in the UK, I think trout would be cert- it's certainly one of the options I looked at when I was looking a bit more closely into doing it.
1: I We really enjoy eating the rainbow trout. They're a really good fish. Yeah. Like I said, we can only grow them during the winter outside and then, you you know, you can raise them. in. as long as the water is not above 70, they're pretty good.
0: And... So is there anything we can't grow in terms of plants?
1: If you set the system up for it, you can grow anything you choose. Wow. Now, it doesn't mean it's cost effective or wise to do it, but you can create an environment in aquaponics to grow pretty much everything.
0: What does it lend itself towards best, though?
1: Uh, Leafy greens. Okay. Main reason is because the ammonia becomes nitrates. You know, leafy greens, you know, you're spinaches your a lot of your herbs they don't need a lot of potassium or phosphorus so you're not having to supplement if you're going to grow tomatoes or a flowering plant you're going to have to supplement quite a bit of potassium and phosphorus to make them grow okay now you These there's are- many ways to do this you know, like rock phosphate is an organic way that slowly releases it you know we use a mineralizer that takes the solid waste and it breaks it back down and we can get a little bit more phosphorus out of that
0: way. Is there a way you can alter these um, with the feed for the fish, or not?
1: Yes, you absolutely could buy feed that is designed specifically for aquaponics. Like it would have more calcium and more iron. And but the problem is, you're naturally the aquaponic system is going to be dropping in pH, so you're constantly going to be having to buffer it up, and constantly once a week, if you you know you need to check it every once in a while to make sure because it's pretty important but as yeah, it yeah. as it's falling we're using potassium and calciums to bring the pH and buffer it back up so that's a supplement that you have to do no matter what just to keep the pH at a balance Irons, iron's normally the next one that is always missing and you have to get a chelated iron for the pH of your water but past those you don't need to add anything else Uh, to the system if it is running correctly
0: yeah so again going back to sort of starting up our system if someone and you know again we're not looking at just one in a tiny tank with a bit of ivy if we if we are looking at at producing some food for ourselves even if it's not a tremendous amount to get started what would you say were the sort of initial requirements insofar as both space and set up costs if someone was looking to if i said right i'm i want to have a system that i can start working on this weekend you know how much space do i need and how much would i need to spend just to get going
1: well that again depends upon your end goal but if you're really trying to cut costs if you can find the water container you know you want it used make absolutely sure it's a safe plastic that it's made out of Mm -hmm. and and then past that you want to make sure that there was nothing in it that it was a food grade you know that was in you know inside that container and if you get them used we can find them sometimes at no cost sometimes they're 20 or 40 bucks that you know that container will be a big percentage the gravel will be the next biggest cost you know and if you're doing an ibc tote i would estimate 100 to 150 dollars you could set up a pretty nice system that would supply most of the greens for a couple of people wow
0: that's impressive
1: and the more of that you can find recycled the less that you know you could yeah. spend something if you have the right connection social connections and people with you know
0: yeah so of all the things you grow what are your um favorite crops and fish that you're getting from your system
1: uh our shrimp by far <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay
1: that's not even a comparison, yeah, we raised the uh, <laughs> Macabrachium and Rosenberg. It's a the giant Malaysian prawn. We'll raise them up you know when they're for me personally, we'll raise them to two to fours you know per pound, you know when we're selling them to the public, we raise them to sixteens normally per pound, well, wow. and they're just there's just not a comparison, they're just very, very delicious, yeah
0: they sound it and uh, what's the di- what's the difference between aquaponics and hydroponics
1: nothing at all aquaponics the all the plant side of aquaponics is hydroponics you know okay. hydroponics is growing without soil so they're both together but you can also run you know we call it decoupled aquaponics but that is hydroponics the only difference is all of our nutrients are coming from our fish we're not using you know, any other nutrients putting into it, whether they're organic or inorganic. Yeah. Yeah. And they're the the same thing. Hydroponics is very simple and easy, but aquaponics to me, you know, you're not using any chemicals. You're not ever having, I love the fish part of it the most. Yeah. And so it makes it a great filter, but the learning curve of the aquaponics is by far keeping fish. Yeah. Yeah,
0: of course. Well, any any animal, any livestock, if you've not had it before, there are things that you think you know that you don't know until you've had them for a little while. Um, you, and after 40 years, you still learn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, last question that I've got on my list is, what are the sort of upkeep costs? And I'm thinking of fish feed and that kind of thing.
1: Um. Absolutely. I mean, the better quality fish food your fish food is the number one input into that system so my recommendation is get the best non-grain protein fish food you can afford or get and it just you feed so much less of it which keeps the water cleaner you know floating foods are so much easier because if they don't eat it you can pull them out you know so a little bit more on the fish food and aquaponic systems I mean my greenhouse that we pull out of probably 300 pounds of lettuce a week i mean i only feed three pounds of food a day i mean so if wow. you have a small system you're not going to feed very it, it just doesn't take much feed so buying yeah. bulk makes it cheaper that is another advantage you know feed, so go on. Uh, buying any uh, you know any of your stuff in bulk when you're doing this you know you buy a one pound thing of food it could be very expensive you buy a 50 pound bag and can keep it now, granted, you need to be able to use that within six months, but, you yeah. know, thinking ahead, you know, when you're buying like an air pump, instead of looking for the less expensive, look what they cost to run because the running time in a year is normally double the original cost of the equipment. Oh, uh, that you know, that's very interesting. This, well, this is water pumps, you know, the less head, head, less head height you raise, the less pump you need to push that, you know, because you need a hundred gallons an hour for a fish tank and you're just flowing at one foot up. It's a little pump. But if you have to flow that 20 foot up for that hundred gallons, you know, that becomes a massive one horsepower pump. And yeah. fifty watts versus seven hundred and fifty watts is a big difference if it's twenty-four hours a day.
0: Yeah, yeah. And can you run some of these uh smaller pumps? Can you run them direct from solar?
1: If you had a battery backup abs- or a battery that could take you through the nighttime, absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah, I know there, there are some. You quite can run a f- any type pump. of system off solar if you chose to but you have to design it that way so you're using as little energy to run the system as possible
0: yeah i know there are some quite affordable pumps i've seen that run off solar and have a sort of a battery integral to the pump themselves and uh, i quite like that idea i think they i think they set to sort of run for so many minutes an hour rather than constantly well,
1: no and in your barrel system it needs to be pretty much constant because okay your gravel is your filter you can't you know i mean you could do it if you had one fish and you weren't really pushing it but if you have 10 fish in that tank and you have just enough gravel to remove their ammonia it needs to be you can use like a constant flow or yeah. you could create a U siphon which is just a plumbing term of when it gets to a certain level it'll just drain the bed out automatic yeah. and the advantage of that bell siphon or U siphon is that it pulls oxygen down into the roots every time it you know cycles and that will absolutely make plants grow healthier
0: And does that work like it sounds like it works like the opposite of the ball valve in your toilet system
1: it's it, it pretty much is it yeah. it's pretty much just a stand pipe with another pipe over it and as the water comes up creates a vacuum and drains the tank down to the bottom of that first pipe there are many videos online that show it and if there's ever a problem with it it's always tuning it, it either needs more water input or less to start it or stop it but yeah. Things are a little tricky, but they're not impossible to get working. And they do have a lot of benefits if you get them.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds good. Sounds good. Is there anything you think that would be useful to share with us, Joe, that we haven't covered?
1: Uh, start small and ask as many questions as you can to anybody that'll, you know, you know, there's just so many people that'll talk to you about this stuff. So just ask as many questions as you can. Yeah. And there aren't dumb questions in it. I mean, I've, I have I asked I still ask many, many questions all the time because there's just you learn so much on this platform because all the microbiology you'll go through. You know, once you set your system up, you're going to learn every pest that comes through the cycle the whole year if you're outside and you. So then you start learning organic ways to keep pests away. And, you know, it's a lot of learning through the seasons also. So it's a really fun platform if you like to learn.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I certainly do. And I know a lot of my listeners do as well. So um, I think that's going to wrap us up for today, Joe. Thank you ever so much for your time. Is there any way you'd like to signpost people towards if they want to learn a little bit more about you or about aquaponics?
1: I have a Facebook page (laughs) where I kind of post most of my stuff or a group. What is it? Aquaponics and vermiculture because you know, through all of our gravel beds and our aquaponics. We raise the red wigglers, which. Caught, you know they eat any fish stuff that gets caught and keep the system clean Good and stuff. So, so there's a lot of different other animals and stuff like shrimp and fish you can put into these systems you know as they get bigger that yeah and obviously really, worms and they really benefit them
0: yeah no it hadn't even occur- occurred to me to include things like worms in the system
1: oh absolutely and then we use things like these little scuds that They'll eat the dead roots of the plants so it keeps the plants healthier in case you get a low oxygen and you get, you know, one of these little bacteria outbreaks. Well, wow. so there's lots of animals you can use that will benefit you throughout the system. Yeah. Fantastic. At the same time, if you're selling it commercially or you're selling it, a lot of people don't like worms and scuds and snails in their root or in their plants. But if you like organic food, you know, organic means more protein. It's not a, <laughs> Healthy. just more protein in the plant <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely and, and i mean from my point of view i'm I, i'm really big on permaculture and i don't know if you're familiar with permaculture but oh
1: absolutely we everything here is inner everything in this farm is been created because of an excess resource somewhere else on the farm oh fantastic
0: you, so this, you know, the we, idea of we incorporating
1: we have 200 of the Rhode Island red for the egg laying. We raise yeah. 300 of the broilers every year for our family to eat. Yeah, I mean, just massive rainwater harvesting and how we've built ponds everywhere to kind of help hold it in. I mean, yeah, we're right now just getting into our orchards and starting to build. We have a big aquaponics fruit, you know, with limes and lemons and, you know, so you wow. can grow anything in them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the idea of including the, the worms and stuff and making those those really closed systems work is just exciting to me.
1: Well, and if you're really into it, you can actually grow all your own fish food. It's just it's a little bit of work and you know on a when you get to scale, it is no longer you'd have to hire somebody to do it and you'd have to get yeah. big scale. But you know, black soldier flies and duckweed and some of the you know, the tilapia love to eat lettuce. So you can mm. you can supplemental a good portion of their food by if you choose to set up your system that way yeah yeah
0: with the food they're growing for you
1: yeah, absolutely. well like duckweed will grow in the aquaponics and then you can feed that to the tilapia now you can't you that's just a supplement because you're not yeah. going to get out of it more than you put in it
0: no no that's amazing well uh thank you ever so much for your time today joe and oh, um, well I, I may well uh, get in touch in the future if i, if I come up with more questions.
1: All right. Sounds like a plan.
0: So I just want to take a moment and say thank you. Thank you for listening. I really, really appreciate every single one of you who downloads and listens to the show. There's lots of ways that you can help the show grow and support it and probably one of the best ones is just to share it with someone. Find someone who you think might be interested in this content and say, listen, here's a show that I like. I think you might like it too and point them in our direction. We would be forever grateful if you want to go a step further you could also become a patron you can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub and set up to donate a small monthly amount if you think this podcast is worth the price of a cup of coffee a month then you can set it at that amount and obviously anyone who chooses to do that we are eternally grateful to valuable there's several ways you can support it the easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts you could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online including your social media pages and now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub however you support the podcast we really appreciate it thank you for listening see you soon